Hello everyone, this is Urvashi Chahan. Welcome to another episode of Quotes Today by Live Law, where we bring you the latest developments from all courts across India. Let us start. Starting with a brief of the Constitution Bench hearing a batch of petitions against abrogation of Article 370. The bench hearing the matter, as you know, comprises CJI Chandrachud and Justices SK Kaul, Sanjeev Khanna, BR Gawai, and Justice Surya Kant. Today was the 15th day of the hearing, and the respondents concluded with their arguments. In the beginning, a Kashmiri Pandits organization submitted before the Constitution bench that National Conference leader and Member of Parliament Mohammad Akbar Lone, who is also the lead petitioner in the case, had raised slogans supporting Pakistan in the JNK Assembly. After hearing S.G. Tushar Mehta and senior advocate Kapil Sibyl, who represents him, the court directed Loan to file an affidavit affirming that he unconditionally accepted that Jammu and Kashmir was an integral part of India and that he owed allegiance to Constitution of India. Further, senior advocate Vigiri from respondent side today said that with the abrogation of Article 370, all provisions became applicable to JNK. It became at complete par with all other states, and if the article was resurrected, that would also be violative of the basic structure of the Constitution. Next, Additional Solicitor General K.M. Natraj argued that Article 370 did not confer any kind of right. Its application actually led to discrimination and was opposed to the basic structure and doctrine of federalism. After this, senior advocate Mahesh Jaitmalani, appearing for the Gujjar Bakarwal community in JNK, said that as far as political sovereignty was concerned, it rests with the Union. In contrast to the preamble of Constitution of India, the Jammu and Kashmir Constitution preamble made no mention of sovereignty. It's an acknowledgement of Union's sovereignty over the state. Advocate Archana Pathakdave today highlighted that no one had talked about the rights of women that were taken away. The permanent residentship would not come to women who married outside the state of Jammu and Kashmir. And lastly, senior advocate Kapil Sibyl made his rejoinder arguments, saying that all residents in JNK were citizens of India. The concern was with interpretation of Article 370 that JNK had no links with India geographically and the two principles on basis of which accession had to take place was contiguity and population. He also said in the process of abrogation, constituent assembly had been substituted to legislative assembly. Then Article 356 was imposed and parliament became legislative assembly and gave consent to itself to abrogate the article. The process, however, should have been to keep the assembly in a suspended state. And if there was no possibility after imposing Article 356, the assembly should have been dissolved, followed by elections. Senior Advocate Kapil Sibyl will continue with his arguments tomorrow. Stay tuned with us. You might be aware that Communist Party of India Marxist leaders Brinda Karat and K.M. Tiwari have approached the Supreme Court seeking registration of FIR against Bharatiya Janata Party leaders Anurag Thakur and Pravesh Verma for their alleged hate speeches during election rallies in January 2020. The duo filed an SLP against Delhi High Court's refusal to set aside a trial court order that rejected their plea for registration of FIRs against the two BJP leaders.
The bench of justices Abhay S. Oak and Pankaj Mithil was hearing the matter today and at the behest of Delhi police, the matter was adjourned to 3rd October. Let me tell you, this is a third adjournment granted to Delhi police. Today, the bench categorically stated that further, no request for adjournment from Delhi police would be entertained. During the hearing, additional Solicitor General S.V. Raju appearing for Delhi police drew the court's attention to an earlier order where the court had directed this plea to be placed before the CJI to seek instructions on whether it would be tagged with a batch of petitions seeking action against hate speech, which as you know is currently being heard by the Apex Court. Accordingly, the court today directed the registry to seek necessary directions from the Chief Justice of India. The matter will now be taken up on 3rd October. Stay tuned. In an important update, the Allahabad High Court held a special sitting yesterday night and took Suomoto cognizance of the brutal attack on a woman cop on the Saryu Express on intervening night of 30th and 31st August. The cop was found in a deplorable state, in a pool of blood, unable to move herself with a deep cut on her face and other injuries. The incident was reported by certain passengers who boarded the Saryu Express from Ayodhya Junction at about 4 a.m. in the morning. Based on a WhatsApp message received by Chief Justice Pratinkar Divakar on Sunday, a bench comprising Chief Justice Divakar and Justice Ashutosh Srivastava was convened at the residence of the Chief Justice at 8 p.m. Advocate Ram Kaushik, espousing the cause of the prosecutrix, submitted that based on a written complaint on behalf of the brother of the victim, FIR was registered for causing bodily harm, grievous hurt to officer on duty and attempt to murder. However, looking at the physical condition of the victim, sections 376 and 376D, that is rape and gang rape, should have also been added in the FIR. He also highlighted lack of implementation of security and safety measures for women by the Indian Railways. He added that the Railway Protection Force failed to discharge its duties in implementing the rules for protection of passengers. The court issued notices to the Railway Secretary, Director General of Railway Protection Force, UP Government Home Secretary and the Uttar Pradesh State Commission for Women. The Supreme Court has issued notice to the Nirukonda and Kuragalu Farmers Welfare Association in a special leave petition filed by State of Andhra Pradesh against an order passed by the AP High Court that stayed further construction of houses for the economically weaker sections in the R5 zone of the capital city of Amravati. The matter is that the government of Andhra Pradesh issued a government order in March this year where the Commissioner Capital Region Development Authority, that is CRDA, was permitted to hand over around 1,000 acres of land to the district collectors of Guntur and NTR districts to provide house sites to the beneficiaries of economically weaker sections or EWS of the society. Accordingly, the state government planned to construct houses for the EWS in the plots allotted to the beneficiaries. But a group of farmers, the Farmers Welfare Association, filed applications seeking to stop the state from proceeding with the construction in what is now termed as R5 zone of the capital city of Amravati.
They contended that as per Andhra Pradesh Capital Region Development Authority Act of 2014, the lands in land pooling scheme can only be used for benefit of the farmers and others in that area, and outsiders cannot be inducted. So the High Court had opined that as per LPS rules, construction of houses of EWS would be only in relation to people who were residents and would not apply to people from outside. In the SLP filed against this order of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court bench comprising Justices Sanjeev Khanna and Pankaj Mittal allowed the applications and ordered interim stay on the constructions. Tamil Nadu Minister Uday Nidhi Stalin's recent remarks on Sanatan Dharma have led to huge criticism. Uday Nidhi is the Minister for Sports and Youth Affairs in the Tamil Nadu government. Recently, while addressing a press conference in Chennai, he allegedly said, and I quote, few things cannot be opposed, they should be abolished. We cannot oppose dengue, mosquitoes, malaria or coronavirus. We have to eradicate them. In the same way, we have to eradicate Sanatan Dharma rather than opposing it. A private complaint has now been filed before a court of chief judicial magistrate in Bihar's Muzaffarpur by a lawyer named Sudhir Kumar Oja. The complainant has stated that Stalin made the said statement for the purpose of spreading enmity in society for political gains and for the purpose of appeasing the people of some other religions and that his words have hurt the sentiments of Hindus and followers of the Sanatan Dharma. The complaint thus prays for legal action against Uday Stalin and his father M.K. Stalin. In another update from the Gyanwapi Mosque case, the Anjuman Intizamiya Masjid Committee, which manages Varanasi's Gyanwapi Mosque, has moved an application before the Varanasi court opposing ASI's plea seeking further eight weeks' time to submit its survey report relating to the mosque premises. In its application, the Mosque Committee has submitted that the ASI is defying the orders of the Supreme Court and that of Allahabad High Court to conduct a scientific survey of the mosque premises as the ASI has not been authorized to remove debris or garbage inside the mosque premises. They further claim that removing the debris inside the western walls of Gyanwapi Mosque and bringing it to another place is a threat to the building of the mosque and that it may collapse due to this. Against this backdrop, the Mosque Committee has urged the Varanasi Court to not grant any further extension of time to the ASI and reject its plea. You already know that ASI is presently conducting a scientific survey of the Gyanbapi complex in Varanasi to determine the presence of a pre-existing structure of a Hindu temple and it has already surveyed the premises for around 30 days now. And lastly, in an interim order, the Delhi High Court today ordered that there shall be no construction at the central ridge in the national capital including the construction of 25 meters boundary wall, grill work and toilets for visitors at the monument Malcha Mahal. The court was actually hearing a contempt plea regarding certain issues pertaining to the cases where directions have been passed to parties to plant trees in the national capital. Central Ridge, which extends to over 864 hectares, is located in the northern Aravali Leopard Wildlife Corridor in Delhi. 
It was made into a reserved forest in 1914. Malcha Mahal is a Tughlaq era hunting lodge situated inside the central ridge. Today, the matter was mentioned before Justice Jasmeet Singh on the basis of a report published in the Times of India titled as Malcha Mahal in for Royal Makeover with Boundary Wall, Iron Grill and Greening. By using the news report, the court said that Central Ridge is a protected area and that it is the primary source of fresh air and a natural barrier to the loo which blows from Rajasthan to the national capital. Justice Singh also said that while there was no doubt that construction of the monument was important, however, as of today, the same was not to be done by way of construction of the boundary wall or toilets in the Central Ridge. Thank you for joining us. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe and support us. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.